0: To my two cents podcast episode 49 which is entitled the audacity now before i get into the topics for today's episode i want to get into the national food days of the week and today november 21st today's national food day is cranberry day and also gingerbread cookie day tomorrow november 22nd cranberry relish day and cashew day november 23rd espresso day november 24th sardines day November 25th, Parfait Day, also, Eat With a Friend Day. November 26th, Cake Day. And November 27th, Bavarian Cream Pie Day. Now, the reason why I entitled this episode The Audacity is because I got a couple topics here that I just find it ludicrous, the audacity, for it to even exist, to be honest with you. But before I get into those topics, I want to give another rest in peace to a rapper um called Young Dolph his, he was called Young Dolph um that was his stage name his government name was Ad- Adolph Thornton Jr. He was 36 he came from the Memphis area um he was shot and killed inside of a homemade butter cookies uh store in Memphis and i believe the store's name was called Makita's homemade butter cookie store and the news story about that is that he was getting his mother some cookies and out of nowhere some shooters uh came and shot him and killed him. And the shooting happened on Wednesday. I don't know much about Young Dolph. Again, I always had the preference things with people, this with people. Music I'm not so well rounded in. So I know like the top guys, like the Drakes, the Kendrick's the Um, J. Cole, uh, even some of the old school, like Ice Cube, Snoop Dogg, uh, LL Cool J, even uh, the Wu-Tang Clang, all that type of things, like the the top top of the guys, yeah, cool, I know who they are. Some of the guys uh, that might not get mainstream, like um, a Larry June or a BFB Pac-Man right now, Or a Zach Fox. Those are some guys that I do know of because they have like um, funny internet skits or um, they have catchy songs that might not get radio play, but somehow they seep into the social media bubble of memes or anything else that, okay, that's how I know who they are. But I don't really keep up with music. But this did hit my radar. And it hit my radar hard because this took people by surprise. Um... Whenever you hear about a rapper dying, it's not too surprising because in the rap culture, in the black culture, it's become a thing where, okay, every year we know a certain amount of rappers are going to die. We just don't know where they're going to die. We don't know uh, are they going to die of drug overdose. So we don't know if they're going to die of a shooting-related incident in which, in the rap game, a lot of people die of uh, shooting, shooting incidents because you might have people not rocking with somebody or somebody might be called a snitch or self-proclaimed snitch or whatever the case may be. This one got me on a different level. It got me because the reasoning of how he got shot. He got shot going to a cookie store to get his mother some cookies and he ended up dying because of this. I want to really just pause that. And I want you to say that again so you can understand this. The man went to get his mother some cookies at a cookie store that he would frequent on his way in that area. He went to get his mother some cookies at that area, and he died. Think about that. Think about how ludicrous that is. People might say, Gerald, that's not ludicrous because people go to clubs. Rappers go to clubs and they get shot. Rappers go to... uh." Different stores and to get tested by different people at different stores. I hear you all, but this was a bakery, this was a cookie store, ladies and gentlemen. I think certain places need to be hold in some regard. Now, if you catch your opponent slipping out here on, uh, like in these not in these like regional places that we do know, like the club or A strip club or a bar or uh, something like that, we kind of know what the deal is that that's like fair ground and fair playing ground for the people of that whole, of that whole variety of that whole constitution, if you get my drift, because I believe the streets and the gang affiliates, they have a set of codes that I believe that each one of them have to play by and they have a certain location that, yo, you can't touch this. You can't touch this. If you want to get, catch him, you can't touch him there. If you do, you're gonna have to pay some rep, uh you're gonna have to pay some consequences to that. It's basically almost like the Sopranos in a way, or the if you want to take into consideration the mafia. The mafia, they have certain places that you know you can't touch. You can't touch uh Wife and kids, you only go after the person. There are certain places that if you go here, hey, yo, we can't protect you because, listen, that's not our jurisdiction over there. So if you have to mess around over there, hey, don't come running to us because we can't help you. We're telling you this right now off rip. I believe in the black culture. I believe that in our culture. I believe that in the rap game, in the street game, for us, the African-American community, the black community, we need to have certain places that you know you can't touch. There need to be some mom and pop stores that hey, yo, if you happen to see them there, you know you can't touch them there. That mom and pop store is held in regard. You can't do that. Like, I believe every religion, you know you can't go in there inside a church and start blasting off on somebody inside the church. Because a church, that's sacred. That's God's house. That's the people where people are going to get themselves right and get themselves spiritually right. If you're going to a cookie store, if you're going to a bakery, if you're going to these places that are held into a regard that has no business with any gang affiliate or any dealing with the streets, why on God's green are you going to go there and try to blast somebody getting some cookies? Why are you going to go there and blast somebody getting some cakes? It doesn't make sense to me. I understand the term on site because I have mentioned that if I catch George Zimmerman somewhere, it's on site because that Trayvon Martin thing is still wrong in my deep of my soul. I can't catch him at a bakery because that wouldn't feel right to me. If I catch him out on the street somewhere, that's different. But a site of bakery dog, I know I can't catch him there. If I catch him at a graduation, I know I can't do that there. A church, that's not a place for that. These type of special places, you know you can't be touching somebody at. So just to get the feeling that a rapper went to get his mother something from a place that you think off rip, where would you not think to shoot somebody at? I would think a bakery is like one of those places that are like literally the untold rules. Like, all right, you know, you ain't supposed to be touching somebody at a bakery. Like a church, that one's straight up, you know, you can't touch somebody there. A bakery or something like that, I would believe that should be the next place. That should be the next thing that you shouldn't be touching somebody at. But that wasn't the case for Young Dolph. Young Dolph happened to die at a bakery. It is just so weird to me. I understand it's on site. I understand he might have had some uh rivals with somebody. I don't know the whole... uh I don't know his back catalog, who he dissed, who he offended, who offended him, or da, da, da I don't know that. And particularly, I don't care to know that because there's just certain places, and I stand on this with all ten toes down into the soil. There's just certain places that you shouldn't be touched at. There's just certain places that, hey, yo, you can't shoot nobody at here. Matter of fact, John Wick, and we all understand that's a movie, but again, you have to look at it like, yo, there are legit some killers out here and I know they know each other, and they can't kill somebody in this sacred spot. And if you look at John Wick, there was a hotel that you know you go in there. If you're a killer, you go in there, you know you can't be fighting in this spot. You know you can't be killing somebody in this spot. Because if you kill somebody in this spot, you're, you are have a bounty on your head for one. Two, your whole uh, reputation will get shot because you broke a cardinal rule. And that's how I believe the street should work. I'm not of the streets. I don't work with gangs. I don't know nothing about it. I'm a civilian. But just looking on the outside of this certain ecosystem, I can point out, okay, this is where you guys should be touching somebody. This is where, okay, this I believe should be fair game. A bakery, a church, a graduation, these type of special places should not be Touch, but just to hear about a rapper dying at this location, especially the reason why he went to this location and he ended up meeting his ultimate end because of this. It just doesn't sit right with my soul. I hope they catch the people that did do this. I don't care if he offended you on a track or whatever the case may be. You should have got him somewhere else if you're gonna do it. Not at a bakery, dog. It just doesn't seem right, it doesn't seem fair, it just is not the it's just not the place. And people might say, Gerald, you should advocate for no violence. Listen, people are going to be violent individuals. I can't stop that. What I can try to at least put my finger on the pulse is that, you know, have some street rules. Have some rules of where you know you can't touch somebody at. This is our parameters. We can't touch them there. After that, it's all fair game. That's all I'm saying. But with that, still RIP to young Dolph, to his family, to uh, people that love him, please Please don't try to slander the man on social media because I haven't seen that on people I haven't seen that on social media. I've seen people like uplift the name Young Dolph especially at the young age of 36. I just don't need people to try to slander the man's name. Let him go in peace. He's off the earth now. It's it's over. So with that rest in peace to Young Dolph.
1: Boy, believe me, yeah. took a hundred thousand to my jeweler, told to freeze me. Yeah. I could fuck your bitch in a day of the week, believe me. Yeah. Pulling up and all type of foreign shit, that's how we be. Ooh. Ain't nothing more important than getting this money, believe me. Uh-huh. Yeah, we here now, but it went easy. Uh-huh. Yeah, we here now, but it went easy. Hey. Hey. Believe me, believe me, believe me. Took a hundred to my motherfucking jeweler just to freeze me. Ooh. With the In
0: a now, let's get into something that I already was, that I already knew. I want to talk about the Kyle Rittenhouse situation. We all know that he got uh, found not guilty on all of his uh, accounts, and everybody got shocked. Everybody is, oh my God, I can't believe this happened. Listen, if you listen to me for the past two episodes, literally, I said it on Who Do You Want, and I said it last week on Told You. This kid was not going to get nothing. I knew this kid was not going to get nothing, and if he was going to get something, it was going to be a legit slap on the wrist. I called it. And the reason how I called it is because this court case was a big one. And it's going on at the exact same time of the Ahmaud Arbery court case. When in American history have there been two big national court cases going on at the exact same time? I don't remember one, and I couldn't find one when I looked it up on the internet. I couldn't find two big court cases going on at the exact same time. (laughs) I knew this was going to happen. I even had a conversation with somebody, and I believe uh, I had a conversation online with somebody, and I said, listen here, it has been longer than a day. When somebody's usually found not guilty, well, whenever they're found guilty of something, they usually come back like within a couple hours or even they take a day and then they come back and say, okay, he's guilty. They took, what, three to four days to find out that this kid was not guilty. Okay? After day two was done, matter of fact, after day one, I already knew, like, all right, this kid is going to get off and I already wasn't upset about this. But to hear about how people are out here protesting this and I don't I don't understand it. I don't understand it, me personally. I understand that people are upset. Yes, people are going to be upset. You got every right to be upset because this is a miscarriage of justice because this kid had no business being out there playing vigilante out there last year. Okay? He had no business out there doing that. He could protest the protest of people being out there doing what they're doing last year. <laughs> But for him to be out there with a gun, an AK, and it wasn't registered to him, it was registered to his friend, well, a guy that was dating his sister at the time, and supposedly from that guy on trial, he said that he bought that for Kyle, for whenever Kyle gets at the age of 18, to give him the gun. You got to look at everything. Kyle was never going to get this. He was never going to get found guilty of anything. Not at all. And I just can't understand the outrage that people got. I can't. Me, personally, I'm 25. I've seen a lot of things. I'm able to look at a lot of things and pinpoint certain things like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Or, yeah, that's going to happen. I'm able to kind of guess and give an accurate guess on a lot of things because, again, I'm an observer. I've watched people. I might not be the most experienced guy, but I'm an experienced observer. I can pinpoint and tell you exactly what's going to happen because of how somebody moves or how society already plays something out. And with a case of this magnitude and with a case of the Ahmaud Arbery magnitude, I knew both cases going on at the exact same time. We weren't going to get both cases, both... uh, plaintiffs, no, no, not both plaintiffs, both set of defendants found guilty. I was, I knew that. I asked two weeks ago, who do you want? The title of the show was called Who Do You Want? And it was me asking a legitimate question. Who do you want? Do you want Amart Arbery's killers, or do you want Kyle Rittenhouse? And overwhelmingly, I got a lot of amart Arbery's. And that was already Telling right there because they even knew that. All right, if Kyle gets off, fine. We know what it is. But if the Ahmad Arbery people get off, that's going to be a problem. And that's the one where we should be rioting. That's the one where we should be protesting the devil out of. But I have a, but I have a strong case that that's not going to happen. I have a strong case that the Ahmad Arbery people are going to be found guilty, especially since it's going to be closing their last like closing arguments are going to be heard on Monday, tomorrow. So, again. This whole thing is just, all right, we know the deal. Ahmaud Arbery's people should be found guilty. If not, that's when I want people to riot. I'm saying that as a man. I'm saying that as a human being. I'm not saying you guys should go out there, me and my ideology, if it was legalized. This is whenever we should be able to, like, all right throw a big tantrum, not even a tantrum, but throw a big, okay, you guys screwed us. You guys screwed the family. You guys screwed da-da-da-da-da. This is the one. Because again, Ahmaud Arbery's situation was way different than Kyle Rittenhouse's situation, but Kyle Rittenhouse shouldn't have been getting away with, a slat and with nothing. I do find that. I do say that. He shouldn't be getting away with nothing, but I already knew that he was going to get away with nothing after one day of them still trying to be like, deliberate, and find out that, oh well, he's not not guilty. Once I got the news and once it popped on my phone and once it uh once I got a text message from someone, I was like, Alright, I knew it. I knew it all along, but I was like, alright, cool. I wasn't upset and just to hear about people protesting and vandalism going down in that spot, I'm like, I don't know why you guys are doing that. I just don't understand why. I understand the idea. Wanting to vandalize, not vandalize, but just like riot over a, a unfair situation. And by God, this is unfair with Kyle Rittenhouse. But you guys just got to think more. You got to think and open up your mind and open up your headspace. Kyle Rittenhouse was never going to get anything. Kyle Rittenhouse was never going to get anything. Especially after last week I read you the Rolling Stones article about how the judge... Played favoritism towards the defenses, the defense team in cases of this magnitude, so the prosecution was already playing on an unfair uh, environment. So, please, if you guys want to do something, wait until this week's done with. Wait until the Armard Arbery case is done. If they find these men not guilty on the Armard Arbery situation, then you protest. Then you guys show your true power. Then you guys show exactly what it means to really be outraged. Because this one was a true uh, travesty. But I don't think we got a problem with that one. I don't think we're going to need that. Because I want to read you guys something. Um, This is coming from Rooters.com And the title reads, Georgia Judge denies defense motion for mistrial in a Ahmaud Arbery case. As it reads, on November 19th, a Georgia judge denied a motion for mistrial on Friday in the Ahmaud Arbery murder case from a defense lawyer who claimed the black pastors outside the courthouse were a woke mob, woke left mob that influenced the jury in the trial of three white men. More than 200 pastors gathered on Thursday outside of the Glenn County Courthouse in coastal Brunswick, Georgia. Organizers said it was a response to defense attorney Kevin Gauss previous comments that he didn't want any more black pastors in the courtroom. Sever- several nationally known black clergy and civil rights leader, including Reverend Al Sharpton, Reverend Jesse Jackson, and Martin Luther King III, have sat with Arbery's family in the courthouse at various times. Uh, the continues on. Right here. Goff showed the court photographers of the large gathering on Thursday and said it was an unfair influence or perhaps intimidated the jury. This is a trial that's been infected by mob violence of a woke left mob, he said. This is what a public lynching looks like in the 21st century, Goff says. This is pressure being put on the jury. Listen here, this is not what a 21st century lynching looks like. You know what a lynching looks like? A lynching looks like a lynching. You put some, a noose around somebody's head, and you lynch him up on a tree. Again, I, this might sound completely wrong, but white people, talk to your forefathers about a lynching. Look at your history books about a lynching. Look at all the black history movies that we have out here about a lynching. That's a lynching. Having people show up outside a courtroom, not willing to do any damage, because we know as a black community... We know as a minority, if we even show up a black fist in the air, people are going to cry and scream out bloody murder of violence, thinking that we're showing violence when we're only showing a symbol of solitude in which officers might try to pull out their gun and try to start rat-a-tat-tatting on us. So, let's let's, uh, simmer that down, alright? However, as the article reads, the prosecutor countered That golf, a brilliant and calculating lawyer, made the the courtroom comment about black pastors with the intention, with the intent of provoking this gathering, with provoking a gathering like this and try to get a mistrial. So, we're going to get closing arguments on the case, and they're going to expect to begin Monday. So, again, basically tomorrow, again, the exact same attorney that said he didn't want black pastors in here. He's crying and complaining and wan when, when about ayo. Hey, we got like mad, mad <laughs> black uh, civil rights leaders and activists out there. And now they're going to try to put pressure onto our jury. Listen here, dog. Think about this. That jury consisted of what majority white individuals and like one person of color. Come on, fam. You guys already knew you guys were at a miss. You guys knew if this thing were to tip the other way around. Right. We would be complaining and we already were not even complaining. We already were talking about how this was a miscarriage of justice at the beginning when we heard about how this whole court had this whole court case had nothing but white individuals and only one person of color for the jury. We already had that already. We were already saying that already. Right how this was a miscarriage of justice, how this is wrong, and how how on earth can we even feel comfortable with it swaying even in the right way, in the way of justice, in the way of, hey, these men are guilty. We have it on camera. Why are we even doing this as a legal system or even as a government? Why are we even having to make a case for this? We as the community, we as the culture, we as just... Human society, we were questioning that itself, and we were questioning already how can this jury that is made up of nothing but majority Caucasian with only one person of color, how can we as a society say, okay, this is going to be fair, this is going to be cool, this is going to be da da da? A lot of trials that consist of juries like this against people that look like myself people that are in the minority, we always try to figure out how is this even fair. And usually it's not fair. And usually, guess what? The person gets found guilty and then they go off to jail and then we get nothing but families having these um, petitions and talking about the jury wasn't right, the jury was made of all these people that didn't look like us and they only had one person of color. We usually get that, okay? And for this case right here, now we get a lawyer that made a asinine comment about having black pastors inside of a courthouse, now saying that he feels that they are now putting pressure upon the jury. No, dog, no, no, you gotta cut that, okay? You did that as a way to try to make a mistrial. The judge ain't trying to have that. The judge is not playing that. The judge is like, nah, you made the comment. You gotta now deal with this. If you probably would have shut up, you'd have been good. Because guess what? If it's not publicized a lot, guess what happens? Nobody knows what's going on. And let me explain this to you. As a As the lawyer should have figured out, because he should have been watching something, or at least somebody on his own legal team should have been seeing how the media coverage of this case was going to the Kyle Rittenhouse case that were both going on at the exact same time. The media, CBS, ABC, MSNBC, CNN, all these big-time conglomerates, all these big-time monopolies, or whatever you want to call it, industry, titans, if you will, they were paying a lot of attention to the Kyle Rittenhouse case, and not a lot to this one. I'm going to call it a straight what it is. Anytime I will go to Yahoo, Kyle Rittenhouse will be popping up. Not the Matt Arbery case. No, 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 no. Kyle Rittenhouse case. Anytime I would... Um, go to Twitter, Kyle Rittenhouse. Anytime I would go to uh, go and watch ABC, I would face out with my mom, Kyle Rittenhouse. Like, alright, they're focusing a lot on Kyle Rittenhouse's case, not a lot on the Ahmaud Arbery case, and I kind of already figured out, like, alright, this is where they were headed already. So, I already said that I talked to my mother. I believe I said this to her. I said, they're going to focus more on the Kyle Rittenhouse case. And then when they're done with this, then they're going to talk about the Ahmaud Arbery case. Because she asked, why are they not talking about the Ahmaud Arbery case? I said, they're going to focus more on the Kyle Rittenhouse. And then when they get denied guilty, then they're going to focus onto this case. And then when to try to appease the community, to appease the people from really like throwing a big old like F you to the government. They're going to give us exactly what we want. These three white gentlemen's going to jail, which they should. And it's not saying that they're going to give it to us like here's on a platter It's going to seem that way to a thinker and to a guy like me that looks at. That looks at how things are moving, that looks at how certain scenarios and certain situations are put in play. And I really just look at it and I question a lot of things. So for me, when I said that to her, it made a lot of sense. And for her, she it made a lot of sense for her too. And then she just watched as we do. We watch the news and we just figure out like, all right, we're going to see how this works. And that's what I'm hoping for Monday, tomorrow. I'm hoping in the closing arguments, we get the defense putting up a crappy defense uh, closing arguments. I mean, there's nothing more they can say by now. There's nothing, even especially with the prosecution talking to uh, Travis McMichael after he went on the stand this week, and the prosecution basically asked him straight up, all right, did Armand Arbery cause you any, was he a threat to you at the time? No. Did he have any gun? Did he brandish any type of weapon on you at any time? Like, was it flashing on him? No. Did he, was he a threat to you whenever you shot him? No. So you basically shot a man that you. Right there, set on trial, that set on as you're testifying, as your testimony, you're saying that at that time, he wasn't harmful, he didn't have a gun, and he wasn't an intruder breaking into houses. So you basically just admit it right there on the stand that, hey, we killed an innocent man. I don't know how the jury is going to find this guy or these people as not guilty on anything. These guys should be getting the max sentence whatever that is it should be costing them a lot of years of their life because guess what that's just the little that they can do because Amard Arberry can never breathe air again he can never see his parents again he can never see his relatives again he can never see uh anybody he's in the dirt while these men if they even go to jail They can still see their kids. They can still see their uh, spouses. They can still see their family. They can still see their loved ones. Because you know why? The only thing that will cost them is for them, their family, to drive up to see their people inside of a jail cell, inside of a facility that's probably got some security on it, and they will be wearing a prison jumpsuit. But guess what? You can still talk to them every day. You can still talk to them and see how they're feeling. You can see how they're, you can watch and see how they're growing. They can watch and see how you're growing. But Amart Arbery can't do that. Amara Arbery's mother can't see her own son. You understand? You understand what I'm getting at to you? So this guy, these three guys should be found guilty. If, it, if that doesn't happen, I don't know how we're going to, I don't know what's going to happen. Because again, this week is Thanksgiving week. I don't know if the jury is going to deliberate on this, or somebody's going to try to pull, try to hold off on this just enough until the literal Wednesday, because remember, Thanksgiving is this Thursday. People ain't gonna be around on Thanksgiving, bro. So, I believe we're gonna get a verdict, if not on Monday, strictly on Tuesday, and they're gonna find all these three men guilty. If that doesn't happen, I don't know what to tell you. I really don't. If this goes to a legit mistrial, not even mistrial, but if this goes to all of them getting not guilty verdicts, God bless uh, Georgia, because, man, y'all about to have a lot of problems on your hand. That's just uh, my two cents on the matter. I want to go to another uh, case that I didn't know was happening until uh, this week. And it was the case of Cameron Lim or Cameron Lamb's death. And it was basically a uh, Kansas City police uh, detective. He was found guilty in the death of Cameron Lamb. And this is coming from KMBC9 as it reads, A guilty verdict was announced Friday in the trial of a Kansas City police detective charged with fatally shooting Cameron Lamb in December of 2019. Circuit Court Judge J. Dale Youngs found Detective Eric J. I don't know how to say his last name. It's too long. Guilty of involuntary manslaughter and armed criminal action in Lamb's death. Lamb was parking a pickup truck in his backyard when he was shot on December 3rd 2019. The judge agreed with the state's argument that Eric and his partner should not have pursued a lamb into his backyard and that the shooting, that the deadly shooting was not lawful, was not lawful self defense. He found the officers were the aggressors in this incident because they did not have probable cause that a crime had occurred and entered private property without a warrant or consent. The judge said the officers escalated a situation that had previously de-escalated and that they had a duty to retreat. Lamb's family and supporters stated started to realize they had won this case midway into the judge reading of the verdict. I am happy that the judge saw fit and he followed the law, but I missed my baby and this justice this just did not have to be, said Lamb's mother. Today is justice, but there is no real victors in a case like this. I acknowledge that for how people may see this case very divided, and the case apparently was viewed divided in the courtroom itself. I represent the entire city, the entire county, said Jackson County Prosecutor Jane Peters Baker. There's a somberness that comes with all verdicts because we all leave the courthouse. Someone misses someone around their dining room table. There's another individual that faces punishment for the harm that has been done. Eric has been suspended from the police department without pay. He remains free on bond until his sentencing. See, that's exactly what I was just talking about the Ahmad Arbery situation. His parents are going to miss him. Ahmad Arbery isn't going to be here, just like uh, Cameron Lamb's people isn't going to see him anymore. He's not going to be around at the dinner room table, dining room table. He's not going to be around this Thanksgiving. He hasn't been around for the past two Thanksgivings. This one will be the second one. I mean, you got to think about that. Whenever you hear cases like this, whenever you hear of a police officer shooting somebody, and I mention a police officer instead of a regular civilian, because again, I got to constantly say this. A police officer's job is to protect and serve the community. It's to protect and serve the people that they are, um, that they are, put in place to protect. You don't just protect one specific community. You don't protect one specific group. No, you got to protect the whole group, the whole community, the whole ecosystem, if you will. That's who you got to protect. And when police officers usually shoot somebody, we always try to figure out, okay, what happened? First and foremost, we always to try to figure out, okay, was it black or white or was it uh, another minority? That's always the first question that goes through my mind. I can't go for everybody else. I can only tell you what goes through mine. And usually, we all know the uh we all know exactly who the person is that a cop usually shot. It usually would be someone of a uh black complexion. So just to hear that a police officer was found guilty in a uh involuntary manslaughter and and armed uh, criminal action. This is just, again, I want officers to realize, hey, yo, you guys have a really important job. You guys can't screw up. You guys can't make um any type of mistake because when you make a mistake, one, you make not just yourself look bad, but you make the police officers look bad. You make the badge look bad themselves because the badge already has a beat-up, spit-on, disrespected type label attached to it because of people that are dirty, disgusting, vile, crittens, demons that wear those badges that take that power that they have or that they presume that they have because that's the type of authority that they take. That's the type of authority that that badge holds. That badge and that gun. <laughs> A police officer can have a badge all they want, but whenever they have a that gun attached to that badge, that makes it a completely different story, because an officer can literally kill you while wearing a badge, and guess what? They can get usually get off. I want to ask you a question. Why is it illegal for a regular civilian to tape another civilian in a conversation, and it's not illegal for an undercover, undercover cop to do that? You want to know the reason why? Because when an undercover cop does it, they're going to say, well, they were undercover. They were doing something for the police officer, not police officer, but they were doing something for the police force. They were doing something for the community to try to take somebody down. But as you as somebody that is a regular civilian, you have a conversation with somebody and they happen to say some detestable, deplorable things about what they have done. You can't use that in certain states because they are going to say, did the other person know they were being recorded? You recorded them without their consent, you got to throw that away. They can't use that in evidence. They can't use that in these court cases. See, that's the thing. That badge, that gun, that combination, that is a strong, strong thing. So when officers do something wrong, I want to constantly highlight that because, again, you guys hold such a high, such a high, high position. And that when you guys do something wrong, I'm going to be here constantly to jab at you until you understand it. Hey, yo, we got to fix what we're doing. We got to fix who's ever not being trained properly. We got to fix this because the badge is important. The badge and the gun combo is important. People need to respect that. People need to respect us. But and also for that to happen, we need to respect them we can't be dirty, we can't be disgusting, we can't be demons out here. You have to be walking that fine line, you gotta walk that nice fine line, that clean line. You gotta do what's best for legitimately the community. You gotta do what's best for everyone, not just a sub-portion uh, sub, sub portion of a certain group. Understand? So, I'm sad that Cameron Lamb is dead, he, and he's been gone for almost legit two years now. But I just want this to be a reminder to every police officer, every detective, anybody that's under that police banner, please be better. Please do better. If somebody's fleeing and they're getting into their own spot, hey, yo, think about it. Do we have jurisdiction to run up in here? Because if you don't, don't do it. Don't do it. It's not that big of a deal. Just don't run up. Just do what you're supposed to do. My next topic that I wanted to talk about with you guys is that something that I watched, I watched on, I believe it was Thursday night, it was ABC News with David Muir, and they were talking about a judge sentencing an admitted rapist to probation, basically meaning no prison time this guy gets. And this is coming from abcnews.com, as it reads, a 20-year-old from New York has evaded prison time after pleading guilty to a series of crimes The lead prosecutor called horrible acts of sexual assault. The defendant, Christopher Belter, who pleaded guilty to rape and sex abuse in 2019, was sentenced to eight years probation and must register as a sex offender, but will not face prison time. Niagara County Judge Matthew Murphy delivered the sentence on Tuesday, telling the courtroom, including some of Belter's victims, that prison time would not be appropriate. I agonized. I'm not ashamed to say that I actually prayed over what is appropriate, what the appropriate sentence is in this case because there was great pain. There was great harm. There were multiple crimes committed in the case, Murphy said in the court. It seems to me that a sentence that involves incarceration or partial incarceration isn't appropriate. So I am going to sentence you to probation. In 2018, Belter, who was 17 at the time, was charged with first degree rape, third degree rape, and sexual abuse, including multiple 15 and 16 year old girls, at his upscale home in New York. A year later, he pled guilty to lesser charges, including two counts of second degree sexual sex abuse, third degree attempted abuse, and third degree rape, and received a sentence of two years interim probation, according to W. KBW, he violated that probation by viewing pornography on his computer. According to the Buffalo News, and could have faced a harsher sentence Tuesday because of it. See, I'm not even caring about the viewing pornography. Let's just call it a spade a spade here. Why on God's green, as a person with common sense, matter of fact, common sense is not that common, A lot of people don't have common sense, so let me retract that. This man admitted to this. He admitted to it. And you, as a judge, you said that I agonized over this. I'm not ashamed to say that I actually prayed or what is the appropriate sentence in this case because there was great pain. There was great harm. Mom, see... I started laughing my butt off to this. I laughed because when I first heard this, and I laughed because I was angry. I was angry that he used God's name in this. He used that he prayed. <laughs> I don't know what God he prayed to. I don't know what God he literally prayed to. And that God said, you know what, give this kid uh, some probation time. He ain't going to face jail time. Hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute. Nah, nah, God don't do that. The higher up don't do that. Your spirit doesn't allow that. Not at all. That is a cop-out. Now, I don't understand how a judge can say, yeah, I'm cool with that, I'm cool with uh doing this, and say, nah I agonize, but you're going to give somebody probation. Uh confirmed rapist, a guy that said that he did do this, a guy that pled guilty to this. How are you okay with giving this guy probation, eight years of probation and no jail time over that? How, as a judge, are you okay with that? Make that make sense to me. I have people that I don't ever want to see get hurt. Rape is taking somebody's innocence. Rape is taking somebody's um, goodies, if you will. And I don't even want to say goodies because that sounds real creepy, but you get what I'm getting at here. Rape is rape. There's no way you could sugarcoat rape, ladies and gentlemen. There's no way you can try to make that sound even like, well, he took something of somebody that didn't belong to his. Nah, dog, rape is rape. He admitted to this. And the judge said that he prayed over it and you gave him eight years of probation? No jail time. Eight years of probation? Nah, nah. I'm that 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 doesn't sit well with me. That doesn't sit well with me at all. They said in the ABC, uh, like whenever it went up there on uh David Muir, how he comes from a rich family. I don't know who his family is. He comes from a wealthy family. So I don't know who mans this is. I don't know if this was a, like a family member or somebody within this family or whatever they do, like pay the judge off to give his kid, give this kid some probation time, no jail time. I don't know what it is. I just know when I heard about this, it made me sick. And it made one of the people that he raped sick as well because she was in the courtroom and then. That her lawyer said that she felt physically sick after hearing the verdict for this. This was a complete this is a complete mess. i I wondered and I pondered, and I said, "Who am I upset at more? Am I upset at the judge or am'm upset at the rapist? Who am I upset at the most? And people might say, that is a crazy question to ask and ponder over. Listen to me. You have the rapist, Christopher Belter. You have the judge. The judge made the call. The judge hands down the punishment that is appropriate to this type of action. It was all on the judge's own discretion, and he decided to choose eight years probation. Where do they do that at? There's a lot of people around here that have got popped with marijuana or they got popped with having a gun when they're not supposed to have a gun. And they got jail time. And you mean to tell me this kid, now you've seen this kid, this whatever he is, took people's innocence. He raped them. He sexually abused them. And he only gets eight years of probation and no jail time. See, that makes me really question, who do I hate more? I know I hate Christopher Belter for what he did. And I hate the judge for giving this ugh, eight years of probation. I just want to know, who do I dislike more? And I'm going to question that, and I'm really going to try to give you guys an answer next week. I'm really going to try to give you an answer with this. Right now, I'm leaning more towards the judge because, again, this was all the judge's discretion. But we'll have to see whenever that happens. I just want you guys to please pray for the victims of this atrocity, this complete (sighs) betrayal of the justice system towards these four ladies. I do want everybody to please uh, pray for them. And again, the title of this episode was called The Audacity, and that's one of the reasons why. Um, before I get to my interview here, I want to give you guys one last article that I want to uh, read off to you. And this comes from CBS News. It reads, Aurora will pay $15 million settlement over the death of Elijah McClain. As it reads, CBS Denver has learned the city of Aurora has agreed to pay $15 million to the family of Elijah McClain to settle a federal civil rights lawsuit filed over McClain's death. The sum was confirmed by CBS Denver by three sources familiar with the tentative agreement. All requested anonymity as they were not authorized to speak about the settlement. City officials have acknowledged an agreement was reached but said details would not be made public until the deal was finalized. McLean, 23, died in 2019, several days after a confrontation with Aurora police. Aurora police approached McLean on August 24, 2019, as he was walking home from a trip to a convenience store. A a citizen had called police, saying McLean looked sketchy when Aurora officers approached McLean. The viral uh, confrontation turned physical, and a chokehold was applied. Paramedics injected McLean with a ketamine, a powerful sedative, and then he went into a cardiac, cardiac arrest, which is a heart attack. McLean was not armed. Days after the confrontation, McLean was taken off life support and died. A subsequent autopsy said his cause of death was undetermined, but we all know the exact reason why, because the police officers doing their, not even doing their job, they were being just basically dickheads. So again, it all goes back to You guys, as police officers, you guys got a job to do. If this kid doesn't even look sketchy, if he's just out here, let some kids, no, not even let some kids, let the kids go. Let people go, man. They're not doing nothing to nobody. Let them go. Let them live their lives. Let them be. And this is costing Aurora, the town of Aurora, $15 million. I'm hoping it costs more because, again, this kid was not doing nothing not doing nothing, he was binding his business and somebody, a nosy doo doop had to call in and say that he looked sketchy? See, minding your business is free, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't hear somebody yelling out, I've been raped, or yelling out, somebody help me, or you aren't seeing somebody dragging their loved one or dragging someone into a dark alley or grabbing somebody by the arm and forcefully taking them somewhere, Mind your business. Yes, you can look as a bystander. Yes, we all have eyes. Looking at somebody is free. Mind your business is free. Do that. I just wish that this kid was around right now, man. This is, this is ridiculous, dog. I'm glad that the family are getting something out of it. Money is not. Money's not going to bring back their loved one. Money is not going to do that. Fifteen million dollars isn't going to bring back their kid. I guarantee they would trade in all of that settlement money just to get Elijah McClain back with them. They would do that. So again, ladies and gentlemen, please, please mind your business. Mind your business is free. And anybody that sees something suspicious, yo, I don't know what to tell you. Just mind your business. Certain things are certain things. Certain things are just what it is. It might look suspicious to you, but it might be relegated and normal to them. So let things go. You can look at it. And until it really, really piques your interest as in somebody's getting hurt or something, let it go. Mind your business. All right? Now, that's all the topics I got for you. Before I get you guys out of here, I want you guys to listen to an interview that I did with a buddy of mine. Um, His name is Armani Gibbs. You're going to hear a little bit about the guy in the interview. And... We're in German class together, and I just want to let you guys know that he is a real, like, spiritual guy. He believes in, like, vibrations, and you're going to understand a little bit of what vibrations are whenever you hear about it. But without further ado, here's my interview with Armani Gibbs. Hello, I'm Gerald Garrett, and I'm here with...
1: Armani Gibbs.
0: All right, and this is a guy that I know from our German class. We have German together, and let me just say this right now. I have met a lot of people in my time on this earth right now. And I just want to say that I've never met somebody like Mr. Gibbs over here. He has given me a whole lot of information about um, a lot of natural things that I didn't really think about. As in, you would go to a tyne bush? Rosemary tree. Rosemary tree here. And he will just eat it yeah. with no like precaution, no nothing. Can you, can you explain to everybody why you would do this?
1: So, you know, in this days of age where, you know, we're living in a pandemic right now, you feel me? And everybody is relying on pharmaceutical medicine, synthetic drugs and whatnot. So I try to... tend. I'm from Beaufort, South Carolina. Beaufort, South Carolina, they work with a lot of herbs or whatnot. So I just try to do everything the natural way. I know that rosemary will relieve you of a sinus infection, will relieve you of a conjection, and it will also... Clear the mucus out of your chest cavity. Out of your chest cavity, and it would regulate. It would like regulate cleaner air, just throughout your whole respiratory system. So whenever I'm feeling a good bit of mucus building up in my mucus membrane or whatnot, I go to the rosemary tree, indulge in that, and it clears me right up. So that's why I do it.
0: As you can tell, he has he's one with uh, nature, if you would. I am uh, the opposite of that. I like to be inside the home, but I've I've taken not the approach of going outside more, but I've at least been out more. Let's put it like that. I've been actually able to just walk around more during the CCU campus. Still, when I get home, I'm inside my crib and I'm relaxing, but I'm not more inside the library as much. I'm outside just sitting there for a minute, letting the sun hit me more now than I actually have in my previous times. And plus, there's not a lot of bugs around here, so I mean, that's a plus. Um, since we're here, uh, what do you wanna to talk to the people about, man?
1: Today I just wanted to talk to a key factor that people mainly don't think about, which affects your whole mood, which is serotonin.
0: Okay, can you let people know what serotonin is?
1: So, serotonin is a key molecule in your body that stabilizes your mood feelings of well-being, and happiness. This hormone is such a small molecule in your body, but it actually affects your whole body in some way. It enables brain cells and other nervous cells to communicate with with, with each other, and serotonin also helps with sleeping, eating, and digesting. The reason why I wanted to speak on this topic is because, you know, growing up in this age, age, you know, most people nowadays don't cook, you know. You go to the store and you just get a microwavable food or a canned food or just fast food. And I just wanted to, to let you guys know that those type of foods, you know, I'm not the one to judge, you know. If you don't have it, if you don't got it, then that, that food may be very re- re- reliable. But I just want to know that there's other nutritious things that you could be indulging in. Because when you eat foods of that such... They are actually low frequency food based on the type of preservation they've been at. Whenever you have canned food, frozen food, fast foods, those foods have to be preserved over time. And once they're preserved over time, they lose most of the nutrients within them. Which goes to say, not saying that you won't get full off of it, but you won't get the nutritional requirements that you should that you deserve. So, being that they're low low nutritional food, that means that When you eat foods of these such, you are more susceptible susceptible to being at a low frequency. Like, have you ever wondered, have you ever ate something Do you like, wow, I feel very sluggish or I feel very tired. It's because this food that you're putting in your body has such a low vibration that is actually affecting your whole mindset and thoughts as a whole. That's why when people eat candy, they tend to feel more hyper. When they drink coffee, they mean to seem more active because that's all that serotonin in your body affecting your whole mood. So, what I just wanted to put out there today, Just I just wanted to tell everyone that even though if you don't got it, you feel me, you, can, you should always find a, or always try to find a way, because I know it's not always obtainable, but you should always try to find a way to try to get some type of fruits or nuts or any type of vegetable to boost you in some way, because those are actually superfood you know, growing up in South Carolina, they always talk about soul food, but they always talk about macaroni and cheese and... Ham and all that other stuff. And I just want to tell you that real soul food is soul soul food that actually impacts the body. So if you want some real soul food, some stuff to boost your serotonin, please indulge in some natural spring water, some fruits and vegetables, and just anything on the organic realm. Because that will definitely boost you in some way or another.
0: All right. You mentioned that, and I just, since this is basically the week of Thanksgiving, Mm -hmm. and you know that people are going to be using some uh, canned goods, because Mm -hmm. a lot of people might not do the whole uh, fresh resource and go to the fresh aisle, because cans are much more easier to open up, and it takes lesser uh, effort. Mm -hmm. Uh, What would you suggest to the people that listen to you and say, okay, he has a point, and they might want to use fresh items. What type of items would you suggest them to use, especially since this is Thanksgiving like week?
1: So I'll just say, based off of this being Thanksgiving week, your family and you, you're probably accustomed to eating certain things. So this Thanksgiving week, if you want to change, boom, you definitely can do it. But it's definitely going to be hard in some essence. You feel me? So I don't, I don't want to put this on you that you should just change your whole lifestyle right away because I did it. It takes time. It's hard. But I just want you to know that it's worth the time. So what I would recommend you doing, if you don't want to indulge in these canned goods, food, try to find you a farmer's market or a whole goods market. I know there's stories around me such as Publix and Kroger, and they tend to have a good produce section. You can go there and you can use those crops and produce to substitute For any canned goods or frozen items that you might have to buy. It might take longer just because those items have been prepped and preserved and even seasoned in some way. But it definitely will do your health more justice just based on the originality of everything. Okay.
0: Well, since we're on the topic of Thanksgiving, um, what is your plans for this uh, week of Thanksgiving week?
1: So, my plans of Thanksgiving week... I'm going to go home and I'm just going to celebrate I'm not really going to celebrate the Thanksgiving holiday because I'm not one that believe in holidays. you know, growing up in American, an American, I have noticed that each holiday is a scam to some extent just and this might sound crazy to you, but you know, let me just paint this image in your mind. Imagine how much the economy in America makes off of each hollow each holiday Christmas, Thanksgiving. Easter, Father's Day, Mother's Day, Valentine's Day. They make mad money on all these holidays. It's, a holiday is basically just a organization built up to keep the economy running. They feed off of us to keep this economy running. So me, I know what Thanksgiving, I know what it, is, it originates from. And I don't, I wouldn't ultimately like say I respect where it is. Originates from like the killing of Indians and stuff. So, what I plan on doing on Thanksgiving, I just plan on going home, spending time with family just to show face because I've been in school for a while. So, I'm just going down to show family. But the holiday itself, I will not celebrate it. But I would just cherish my time being with family and friends. See,
0: I've become accustomed to hearing a lot of people say the exact same thing. I've been noted, I've been doing that for a good amount of time, and I think people have been doing that subconsciously. Mm-hmm. I just think it's now gotten to the public that we don't like the idea of what Thanksgiving came from, mm-hmm. of the genocide of all the actual Americans, because I call them actual Americans. Mm-hmm. They were here before everybody else came here. Mm-hmm. So, um, But yeah, I'm, I like the holiday, the idea of the holiday of people coming together that usually, because this is literally the one time Traditionally, out of the whole year that everybody comes together and you don't give gifts. You guys just literally come together Mm -hmm. to sit down, give thanks to actually be here, especially since COVID, the big impact of COVID last year Mm -hmm. took out a lot of individuals. I think now with people being able to actually fly and drive to see their people now, I think people are going there and they're going to see their people. They're going to be just a lot more happy than uh, certain uh, see certain relatives that they haven't seen in a minute. Um, I have a question for you. Yes, sir. Is there any relatives that you I'm not going to say you put a name on the spot, but is there anybody in your family that you probably had a beef with or a quarrel with that now since looking back at it and Corona has happened and all this stuff has come around? Have you like buried the hatchet or you like still might have some tension to them, but you not have as much tension as you did before like COVID because of the serious nature of COVID and people dying and the effect of that?
1: Well, you know, like every single family, you don't quite get along with everyone just based on how you guys think, based on how you guys react with the world, and just based on the type of people that you are. So, I would just say it like this. I wouldn't say I have any beef with family members because beef and tension takes a lot of energy out of you. I don't have the, the time to waste all my energy on energy that's not directed into a positive way. So... I'll just say it like this. I don't have a problem with none of my family members, no matter what what we've gone through. Because as I've grown into the man I want to become, the man I want to become for my kids, I have lived by this this quote. And I hope anybody listening, don't forget it. Don't be mad at the person. Be mad at the situation. And with that goes to say, that quote has taken me a long time because, you know, people act in ways that people act in anger. And once you do stuff in anger, it cannot be reversed. So the world sets things up to see how you will break, bend, or fold. So naturally, you're either going to break, bend, or fold. But I just tend to be mad at the situation and always love the person conditionally, no matter what. You know, the family. In times like this, family is all you got to a certain extent. So just want to say, anybody that's having any troubles with their family members, love life, or anything. Please let go of any grudges that you have, because when you hold grudges, your hands aren't free to catch any blessings. See,
0: I see. I just talked about this uh, on the little wisdom app, like on Thursday. And I talked about how family is important. How if you have a big uh, like I put it in an instant like this. If you have a big quarrel with somebody. Yeah, sure. You might not get along with that person, but, and you might not even have to speak with them, I'm not saying you have to, but if it's something like it's so petty, you can easily get over it, get over that. If it's like a big thing, like, because one of the people uh voice their opinion on the matter, subject matter, and they talked about how their sister is bougie, and I know somebody that is bougie, and that they look down upon somebody, and they always going to have that idea and that um, feeling. I said, okay, well, if you know that, there's two things. Either One, can you handle that? And if you can't, don't go to that person. Don't invite them to your uh, holiday because why would you invite somebody that's going to send off a, some type of tension in your uh, household? Or if they invite you, don't go to that because why would you want to do that? But if it's something so minute or is there something that you can easily uh, fix, go ahead and fix it because corona happened last year, and I'm always going to use corona happening in 2020 because that was the biggest like smashed people just like dying out the gate, just oh, yeah. constantly dropping like flies. And I believe now after this, we've gotten some uh, perspective on, okay, what's really important. Somebody might've took your shirt. You Okay, cool. You're upset with them, but get over that. You It was a shirt, bro. Somebody took money from you. They pay it back. All right, you go with a little bit of attention, but all right, You money is, a, money is something you can easily gain back. Time is not something you can gain back. And if you lose that time, you're not going to be able to get back all that time that you did miss or if so happened, if this person was so important to you at one point and they die, you're going to think about all that time that you could have had with them. But you ended up beefing over money that somebody didn't pay you back or a T-shirt or something so right. finite that it's in the grand scheme of life. It's not that big of a deal that you could have easily gotten over. It. But uh, yeah, before I end this Interview. I got three questions basically to ask you, because sure. since this is since this is a Thanksgiving um, time of the year, uh, my first question is: five people dead or al- dead or alive you would have for dinner with who, or five people that dead or alive that you would like to uh, have at your dinner? Five people that are alive. Hmm.
1: So. First person I want to have at my dinner, probably my father, you feel me? Father passed away in 2015, and the only father figure I had was time, you feel me? Time created who I am today, so I would like to have a talk with him to just, you know, catch up on things, just to enjoy the fatherly moment, you feel me? That's one person. Another person... Maybe my boy Julio, my boy Julio recently crashed and passed away in a car accident. I would love to talk to Julio and just, just really congratulate him for being him, man. A man was eighteen years old, had a whole kid, had three jobs, dropped out of school, no, driver's license, driving back and forth throughout towns to make ends meet for his family. That was the real definition of a hustler, and that man left left this world and left this all, just like wow. What was the purpose of this man's life? Worked so hard even though he didn't have nothing, just to end like this. I guess it's God's plan, you know. So that would definitely be the second person, third person. You know, I gotta say my mom. You feel me? I wanted to say my mom first, but. Cool. Nah. I had to say that. The reason why I say my, my mom, cause my mom is actually a vegetarian. You feel me? So whatever my mom brings to the table, I already know it's going to be some bust down, high vibrational, quinoa, spelt flour, bread. You know, never high vibrational stuff. My mother always boosts me in many ways. My mother for sure. For a, for a person, I'll maybe say. I want to say so much people, so the first person. So I'll just say the homies, you know? Anyone, my homies. I can't really put a name on the first person, cause, fourth person, because so many mixed energies, so many people that have instilled life into me. Can't just put that into one person. So I already know if I had to just include five people, I would definitely find a way to make all my homies able to come, even if it's 12, 20 deep, you know? So the homies for the fourth person fifth person mm, fifth person i would just have to say my boy's dad richard you no know, growing up with no dad richard has actually been the most prominent prominent father figure that i have you know teach me about cars teach me about life Teach me about women. Teach me about things I need to grow as a person. I could be more than, I can't even, thankful isn't even the word that I have for that man. So he'll definitely be the fifth person that I have on my table.
0: So to recap, it's your father, your boy Julio, yep. your mother. Yep. Somehow incorporate all your homies somehow.
1: Yep, yep. make a way.
0: And okay. your boy's father, Richard. Yes, sir. All right. Hey, Amen. That's your dinner. Hey, hey that's cool. Uh, next question I got for you. What is something that you do, what is something that people don't know about you?
1: So, many people don't know that I'm a professional scuba diver. And say that, you know, I go to school for anthropology, but I want to be a marine archaeologist. So, that requires you to be certified a scuba diver. So, as of right now, I have my beginner cert- certification, advanced certification, which allows you to dive to 100 feet or more. I have my rescue diver certification, which allows me to save anybody in any predicament. And I also have my nitrogen certification, which allows me to breathe off of nitrogen off of air so I can have longer dive time. That being said, the thing I'm working on right now is to get my dive master certification so that I'll be able to teach classes or whatnot, or at least be in the position to teach people how to become certified.
0: Okay. Uh, Next thing is, what's your favorite thing to do to relax in your spare time? Uh,
1: my favorite thing to do to relax in my spare time is maybe, you know, go outside in, in nature, sun gaze, whether it's day or nighttime, moon gaze, just go outside, maybe have a, a good little book or whatever, you know. It might sound weird, but talk to my water in the sense, you know, you know, they always say the phrase water gives you life, so, we talk to your water, you give high frequency information into your water, you drink that, you instilling all that greatness into you, you know. So you know, there's little things like that I incorporated into my day to boost me in ways that it's really unexplainable.
0: You know, that's not weird because you know what? I talk to my laptop and I always tell, like, it's okay. Like, if it's about to mess up, I'm like, no, 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 And then when it's fr- like, we're like, we're like, great like no, about no, no, like it's about like about the Fritz, I'm like. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You did a good job, like something like that. Even with the car, now Sorry. even like with my car, as if it's about not even if it's about to drive or mess up, I'm just like, I just like pet it like it's a pet or something. It's just something about that to just one just levels me down. But two, I know that this is an important thing in my life, and if something were to happen to it at this particular moment, I'll be stuck. I don't like to like call on my parents like that. I know that it's a way that they could come here and save me if I need it but I like to try to at least handle it myself before I actually have to use that lifeline so talking to inanimate objects if you will is not weird it's, if anything I think a lot of people do it and I just don't think that people are going to self admit it Yeah. Uh, and the final question is what is something that you want to leave the audience with
1: something that I want to leave the audience with something I tell all my peers all my loved ones Everybody I just met every day. You know, we're talking about serotonin, talking about high vibrational foods and whatnot, what you should do to boost you, but I just want you to know that even though you eat all this high vibrational food, if you're an acidic person with your ways and the ways you handle situations, no matter how many high vibrational foods you eat, you're going to be acidic in some way. So I just wanted to leave the audience by saying that in this world, it's you versus you. Came in the world by yourself, you're gonna leave by yourself in some essence. And just wanted to say the only person stopping you guys from being great is the person you looking in the mirror every day. If you're looking to change, if you're looking for someone to change your life, start by looking in the mirror.
0: And that's what uh, Straw Wars live by, personally. I personally enjoy that one. If anything, um, that's why you should try to be a better human being every day. At least try to take a step forward to be a better person at least every day. If you know that I'm not saying for you to do like some astronomical big things like say if you're driving and you're like in traffic already, you're already in traffic and somebody's trying to move into uh, uh, your lane. Mm-hmm. Just let them move into your lane because they might have to actually get somewhere and they try to think that that's a better way. Just take one day. Just take one. Try to do one good deed every day. I've tried that, and I've figured out that my life has uh, been going better because one, I'm, uh, my podcast is growing uh, at a quicker weight, a quicker rate than I expected it to when I first started started it. I'm almost at a thousand uh, downloads at least now. That's so, awesome. uh, and I've been doing this for a solid year. So, I mean, I'm hoping to do it do it longer and hoping to get more uh, streams by that. So, I mean, if you do good things, good things will come back to you. I live by that motto, and I've been uh, frequently for the past couple months been doing that, and I've been receiving nothing but uh, good things happening, coming towards my way. Uh, Thanks, Armani. Uh, qu- uh, not a question, but do you want to tell the people where they can reach you at on social media or anything else? Do you want to plug anything before you uh, get, out of, uh, get out of here?
1: Yes. Anyone would want to reach me about getting in touch with any type of herbs to heal your body, any type of high vibrational things you should do like whether it's liver cleanse, gut house, clean out your lungs, skin impurities, anything like that. You guys can email me at A-R-M-A-N-I G-I-B-B-S 7-7 at gmail.com and you guys can also have an Instagram page. You guys can reach out. That is M-A-N-I number one and S-T-A-C-K Monty One Stack on Instagram. You guys can reach out anytime you want ask me any questions i'm here that's all i love
0: okay and with that that has been my uh interview with armani gibbs i want to thank you armani for uh coming in and uh just talking shop and uh i want to wish you uh happy uh thanksgiving when you uh go back to your family and actually just get to relax
1: likewise king stay blessed and i appreciate you for having me in.
0: all right and uh well, I like everybody to thank armani i hope you guys do reach out to him And uh, with that, that has been the interview with Armani Gibbs. And that was my interview with Armani Gibbs. I want to appreciate him for coming on to the podcast and wanted just to talk about anything. And we talked and you guys heard what we talked about. So I hope that you guys enjoyed that. I want you guys to have a great uh, Thanksgiving week, or if you want to call it just a great holiday week, enjoy your holiday. All right. And with that, here's my social media uh, tags. That you can find me at on Twitter at my two podcast on Instagram my two cents podcast g2 uh, for emails you can email me at my email is my two cents pod at yahoo.com remember it's for anybody that wants to email me about somebody being depressed or you want to just get some off your chest remember the holidays are approaching this week and if you just want to email me just so you can feel that you have somebody in your corner and you just want to talk to somebody I am here for all of that. Trust me, I am not going to turn away from uh, talking to you. Okay. Um, remember, I am on wisdom app. This week, I talked about family, and I basically, uh, I basically talked about the same thing I talked with Armani about. Basically, if you can get over something, get over it. If it's not that big of a deal, just send out a text to uh, just extend the olive branch out. But if it's something big, hey, don't invite them to your Thanksgiving dinner. Um. I want to thank Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, and Podbeam for allowing me to do what I've been doing. They haven't kicked me off their servers, so I want to appreciate them and give uh, thanks to them. You can reach all of my past and future episodes on all of those platforms as well. And with that, always remember... And with that, I wanna say, I hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving uh, week. Please go out here safely. Please drive safely for the love of God. We need everybody to get back uh, to their destination, safe and sound. And with that, I do love you. This has been my two cents podcast presented by and hosted by D2. He is I and I am him. This isn't goodbye. This is until you hear from the sweet sounding voice again. I love you all. So Kanye, can you please take these people home. I'm
1: tired, you tired, uh-huh. Jesus I- wept.